Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Nick Roush in Louisville, as always. And Nick, we have a special guest today. <clears throat> Somebody that I greatly respect as a, as a man and as a football man. Coach McPeak, uh, Frederick Douglass High School. Coach, thanks for jumping on. I know you guys are busy. I appreciate you spending some time with us today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on uh, to talk about our program. And uh, obviously, I have great respect for you and what you guys do with, um, you know, the, not only the game of football, but all the great athletes involved with the University of Kentucky. And uh, you guys do an outstanding job spreading the positivity of this great game and just athletics in general. So appreciate you having me on. Yeah, Nick, I have to get full disclosure, full disclosure man. Um, you know, in our Kroger KSR game of the week, every time we've been to Douglas, which, to be honest with you, the hard part was figuring out what games we couldn't go to Douglas because, I mean, a program like that, I mean, they're playing, you know, it, it's an important Friday every week. But every time we've been there, they've treated us great, uh, been great hosts, and uh, I enjoy being around the Frederick Douglas football program. Yeah, and uh, like you said, plenty of big games over the years that – the one in particular that stands out, though, it wasn't a good memory for you, Coach, but that was the, the game against North Harden. That felt like the first sporting event of the COVID pandemic. I'm sure – I'm just wondering what your emotions and, and the prep was like getting ready for a game like that where we hadn't really had fans at sporting events in, I don't know, six, seven months leading into that game. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, it was a great game for – um, you know, to have during that time. But, um, you know, I was just happy to, to play. Um, you know, it was a situation where we didn't have – we didn't know how many games we were going to get a chance to play, obviously, like everybody else. And um, Coach Thompson and I, you know, got great respect for him and the program that he runs. And they obviously had a lot of great players, and we had a lot of great players uh, that were, you know, obviously going to Kentucky. So that helped as far as – uh, the notoriety and media goes, but uh, overall it was a great game. And uh, it was just, uh, you know, great for our kids to be a part of. And obviously some of those guys are now teammates at Kentucky, but it was a great game to be a part of, um, you know, it helped us. We don't get a chance to have a lot of open places in our schedule. Um, so it was a great game for us to be able to be a part of. And, you know, I think it helped us down the road, get to where we wanted to, you know, get and, um, you know, it was a great experience all, all the way around playing against a program like that. Yeah, and before okay. I kick okay. back to Freddie real quick, I just – shout out to all of you guys who have dealt with the pandemic because it's not like, you know, we're, we're colleges, you got all this infrastructure and this money, and, you know, you can – I mean, the, the stuff that high school coaches have had to go, go through, you've had to be a teacher, a coach, a doctor – uh, I mean, all of the above. So uh, kudos to you for being able to, to get these guys back on the field, because I know, uh, you know, we talk about the mental health of guys having having that Friday night to look forward to. It's so important for teenagers. And I'm just happy that they've been able to have these opportunities, even though some have been limited uh, over, over the last two years, just to to get back under the lights on Friday night. 
Yeah, and it was it was uh, you know it's obviously a lot on our staff and um, you know the players and the families. Um, you know, I tell people all the time. I said, you know, I've been at Douglas every year. It's been open, but you know, our, our first head coach, Coach Landis, he decided to take a college job at Georgia State in January. Uh, I got the job in February, and COVID hit in March. Uh, so that was, it helped that the kids knew who I was and kind of what, how we do things, but it's been a very difficult two years on everybody, but especially, you know, head coaches. Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine, uh, you know, every Friday I'm at a game of the week, you know, you see the head coaches that don't have the support staff that they do in the college, you know, you got head coaches moving, uh, dummies around before practice, before practice and, and, and pregame and, you know, little things like that. So it's just it's amazing, and, and we'll get to this in a minute. But I think that, I think I think, coach, we are in the golden era era of football uh, in Kentucky, and a lot of that's got to do with coaches. And we'll get to that. I want to get you a little bit out of your comfort zone, not too much, and talk about you a little while. I know you don't like to do that, but Nick and I were talking in, in our pre-show meeting. Uh, our production meeting, per se, right, Nick? Does that sound <laughs> yeah. official enough? Yeah, that, that, yeah. that sounds much more official. <laughs> yeah. Nick didn't know half the stuff about you, and we both think it's fascinating. First of all, uh, you played for a legend, Coach Ivan McGlone at Russell, mm -hmm. and I know he passed away. What, what did Coach mean to you, and how did he shape your career on, at Marshall and uh, yeah. coaching? You know, he was uh, – you know, I miss him a lot. Um, you know, he, he was a coach that, you know, when you went into the program at Russell, he was Russell football. Um, you know, he had respect. Um, you know, I tell our kids all the time when they come in and ask for extra equipment or they forgot things, and we all know how kids are nowadays. I said, I would have walked home before I asked Coach Pabone for a knee pad. Um, I just, that's just how it was, and you know that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, but uh, he he was an outstanding man, learned a lot of great things from him. Uh, I knew I wanted to go into coaching at a pretty young age. Uh, it's kind of in my family DNA. Um, so I knew as I was playing through high school and for a legend like that, um, you know, just the way that he ran a program, the respect that he gave everybody. But at the same time, he was a very stern man that, you know, you knew what lines not to cross when you were playing for him. So, uh, those are all great things I learned from him. You uh, you were a star at Russell, then you go to Marshall and start 52 games for the Thundering Herd. Uh, that's a lot of football you played. Four-year starter there. The Marshall, the, the movie and just that whole uh, situation with, with the plane crash and all that, how, how much did, did the university talk to you all about that or teach you about it? Did you have education programs or – to, to establish that tradition, how did that work? Yeah, you know, Coach Pruitt, um, you know, obviously he has West Virginia ties and Marshall ties. And, you know, when you played in that, when you play in that program, you know about the story, uh, you know about the anniversary in November. Uh, we never lost during that week. Uh, it was always an emotional week of, of everything that we did for the university with the fountain and the shutting off. And then obviously the memorial near the airport, um, you knew the story and kind of where Marshall had come from and all the losing and how they had to rebuild everything into what we kind of were and continue to be. 
Um, I know we fell on a couple of rough patches over the last few years, but, um, you know, and I tell our players this because, you know, they recruit our program. Um, you're going to play uh, in front of more people in better programs. Um, you're going to play, you know, obviously in a power five level with a lot more money and different, different things, but you're not going to find a town and a program that loves football more than Huntington, West Virginia. And I think a lot of that has to do with the crash and, um, you know, uh, we've had great success there and I was blessed to, you know, be a four-year starter and play with a lot of great players, um, a lot of great coaches that, I, you know, that I still talk to today and bounce ideas off of. And there's a lot of Marshall guys that are in the NFL, that are in college, that are coaching high school football, that are associated with the times that I was there. And it's pretty amazing to see. Did uh, I, don't, I don't know that I can't remember when the movie came out. Were you in, were you in college when it came out? No, it was a little bit after I got done. Um, you know, they did the story, but obviously, um, you know, I've seen the movie several times and they did a great job. Um, you know, I've, I've had opportunity to meet Coach Jack Lingle a couple of times. That was the coach after the crash. And, um, you know, just what a great, great man he is and went on to have a great career as an AD at Navy. And, um, you know, uh, just all those people involved that really helped the university get back on its feet. Uh, obviously very much respect for them and um, just a great story from where it was to what it is now. I tell you, I can't watch that movie without crying every time. I mean, I, I cry because it just, you know, it, it encompasses so much of, of, of a team and, mm -hmm. you know, and different stages of a team. And I think it's a beautiful story and, and uh, much respect to you and everybody associated with Marshall. While you were there, you played with a quarterback by the name of Byron Leftwich, mm -hmm. who, who's, who's a hot name right now as far as NFL head coaching jobs. And I hope and I think he certainly deserves to get a shot as a head coach in the National Football League. What was it like playing with him? Uh, was his leadership, uh, was it as good as it appeared to just the outside world as we watched on TV as the linemen carried him downfield playing with a broken leg? Yeah, I mean, he is, and I tell people all this all the time, um, you know, and we don't get a chance to talk as much as, you know, we'll send a text back and forth. And, um, you know, when I lost my grandfather uh, last month, he texted me, you know, here he is at the end of, and, you know, that's just the type of person that he is, um, you know, and said if we need anything and he remembered him coming to some of my Marshall games. So that's the type of person that he is with obviously how busy he is in the NFL, but, um, I tell people this all the time. Um, he's the smartest football player I've ever played with and been around. And I've been around a lot of good ones. I've been fortunate to work for a lot of good coaches. Um, you know, he he's understood the game um, like you need to understand the game, um, especially at the quarterback position. And I think that's helped him in his coaching career. But um, he's just, he was a great competitor. Obviously you see all the clips playing at the broken leg and, you know, they wouldn't even let you do that nowadays. They, you know, he went in the ambulance, they went, he went to the ambulance, they took him to x-ray and they brought him back and he played after that. I mean, that wouldn't happen in today's world and the way we do things. And that's a good thing probably, but, uh, just the toughness that he, he showed day in and day out the winning that he wanted to do the competitor that he is. But he does it in a very calm demeanor. Uh, I don't know how many Bucks games that you guys have watched or, or kind of watched him work. 
but he's a very competitive person, but he does it in demeanor of the players that really respect what he does. And I think you're seeing that with him getting interviews for head coaching jobs, and he's a very hot name uh, because of the work that he puts in. Um, you know, he understands everything about the game, the ins and outs, and it was a, a great opportunity to be with him, and I like bouncing ideas off of him as well. And he that, – that was a, a young Knicks. I was probably about 10 years old or so, give or take, when that was happening. And, you know, I, I watched Kentucky. I'd go to Commonwealth Stadium, and then we'd watch the replay games. So I wasn't a big college football fan. But Byron Leftwich was the first – uh, maybe the first, like, kind of superstar, I want to say. But, like, knowing that, hey, mid-major football is good football, too, I just, I just wasn't aware of that at that time. And to see him go out there throwing for 4,000 yards a year, and I couldn't tell you how many times it would be – that was back when SportsCenter would just replay throughout the entire night. And I still remember being at my buddy Jordan's house, sleepover, and I bet we watched that clip a dozen times staying up all night watching SportsCenter just – I kind of were you were you one of the dudes helping him down the field? Yeah, uh, I was one of them. Uh, there was three of us, and there wasn't a word said. We just kind of looked at each other and did it. Um, you know, we had to obviously do it a few times throughout the second half, and um, but yeah, I was one of them. And um, you know, and, and that's what you do as as brothers, and that's what you do in this game of football, as as you guys know, and Freddie's been a part of, and uh, that's just you know things that you do and. As a high school coach, you know, we I try to get our players to understand how important that is and the love and admiration and respect that you got to have for your teammates and your brothers. And uh, that's a perfect example of what football does for people. What does that mean to you as, as a lineman, as a teammate, as a captain, to see your quarterback with, a, with obviously a broken leg and you have to carry the guy down the field and he still has the guts to get out there and perform? What did that What did that mean to you? As say, man, I got to do my job because this guy is playing on one leg, right? Oh, for sure. And uh, you know, it just brings your, um, you know, your camaraderie up more. Uh, people focus a little bit better. Um, obviously, you know, the respect and love and admirations out the roof for your for not only him, but it really brought our team together. And um, you know, Akron was pretty good that year. They had Charlie Fry, which played in the NFL for a while. And, you know, we lost that game and um, ended up, you know, not winning a game. But I think it helped us the rest of the year win a championship, which we ended up doing um, because of, you know, those uh, efforts of somebody like him and just seeing what he was going through and moving toward, um, you know, to help us win. And, uh, just that will and drive that he has, and that's helping him now in his coaching career as well. Uh, but it makes everybody step their game up for sure. You know, it makes a lot of sense to me now uh, because I, from a distance, I've watched your young head coaching career at Douglas. Nick, there's there's stars all over the field when, when Douglas is playing. I mean, we'll get to that in a minute with Dane DeKale, Jagger, Walker at Clemson. They're at Baylor. They're all over the place. But every time I've watched your team, Coach, unless I, I mean, I knew the numbers and I knew the players were, were great, you know, their, their ability came through. But, Nick, none of them acted like divas, right? Is that, is that, is that, is that a description to use? Because you got Dane Key, a four-star receiver going to Kentucky, 
and he's he's snapping on on punts. He's a long snapper. Mm-hmm. And you've got players like you know I watched Jagger Burton quite a bit, know the family, and know Jagger. Seeing him downfield, 30, 40 yards downfield, making a block when the game was 38 to nothing already mm-hmm. with Douglas beating somebody. You know, and I could say the same about, about, about Walker and so many players, Coach. Your team is full of stars, but they act like good teammates first. I think that's a testament to everything that you've been through at Marshall and lessons that you learned at Russell and has brought that with you. So I wanted to pay that compliment because it's obvious to me that when I watch Douglas, it is a team first mentality. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, obviously it's, you know, every year's different, every team's different, um, but we have our base core values of what we believe in that started in 2017. You know, when I came in with coach Landis and um, you know, even though you're a great player, a great athlete, you know, that's not going to happen unless you have everybody doing their job and being a unified team. And and I think our kids understand that. They see it. Uh, we're at a point in our program right now where there's one goal we haven't reached in five years. But I think our kids see, you know, kind of what it needs to be, uh, what it needs to look like, um, you know, moving forward. But kids do a great job and that starts with our administration it starts with our coaching staff and obviously the players and the families have to buy in uh to what we want to have done at douglas and and i think the proof's in the pudding not just at the power five level but we've had a lot of kids go to naia d2 d3 there's places for kids to play and to get an education to where they can go play the game that they love and not have to pay a bunch of student loans and things and and better their lives and to me, that's more important than winning a state championship. To me, um, you know, I want to win a state championship. That's the goal and everything. But, you know, I think we're a little over $4.5 million in football yeah. scholarships the first five years. Um, I'm very proud of that. And there's a lot of people that go into that, not just me. Uh, but we do a really good job of getting kids out there, their names, and obviously they got to be a great player. But I do appreciate you saying that because that's why we've won as much as we won is because of the people, not necessarily the talent. And another testament, Nick, and I'll give you a chance to get in here. Uh, you know, in a very tough loss at Owensboro when, when Douglas had to go on the road because of the cancellations and, and the RPIs and, and all that to Owensboro, you had a freshman kicker miss miss a, a field goal. And the first thing that you see after that and on the bus ride back is Jagger Burton hugging that kid and, and telling him it's going to be okay. That had to make you feel good, right, even after a tough loss? Oh, for sure. I was more proud of our team after that than I really was of them all year. And all the – you know, we didn't play a game for 40 days. You know, think about that. We practiced – for 40 days and didn't play one game. Uh, we had two, we had two cancellations on Thursday after a week of prep. And, you know, obviously that's out of our hands during that time, but the kids handled that very, very well all year. And I think that was because of the character and our core values of guys like Jagger and uh, just guys, you know, we can't control this. Uh, let's control the day-to-day stuff the best we can. And, in times of adversity, like a game like that, you know, when you you never know how that's going to go. You know, there's a lot of seniors. That's their last game. They may not go play college football. I mean, that's a tough deal. 
Uh, you never know kind of how those guys are going to react, but our guys reacted positively and really helped that young man. And, um, you know, that young man had a great sophomore year this year, and he's going to be yeah, – he He's going to be a Division One kicker, in my opinion. So, um, you know, and I think, you know, building that confidence started with guys like Jagger and his teammates in that moment. I'm curious. We, we've mentioned a lot of these guys who have been recruited, Power 5 schools. What's it uh, What's it like when, when you know, a Dabo strolls into st- – school i know stoops it's probably a little bit different because he's in town but what what's it like when you're hosting some of these guys that you know the college football coaches they really they're the personalities of sport they get put on a pedestal how do they how do they interact when they're trying to sell the football coach on, on their program oh i mean it's it's obviously a blessing for me uh to be able to do that and those types of guys come on our campus here in lexington and uh, recruit our players. Um, to me, that's a credit to a lot of people uh, that go into it. Um, when Dabo came, the first thing I did was call my wife because she's a huge Dabo Sweeney fan. So that helped, <laughs> that helped me out. She She's a teacher at one of the middle schools near our campus at Douglas. So she actually got a chance to run over and meet him. And that, that was great because she's a big Clemson fan. And obviously she loves Walker and, and what he's doing there. But uh I mean, I think it, it, it's awesome. You know, you never know when they're going to come back. Uh, you you hope that, you know, we have those types of kids year in and year out. But I know that, you know, we may not. Uh, but you always want those guys to leave thinking I can always come back. And, we, you know, we want to give them everything they need, show them around, uh, be professional like they are. Uh, but it's definitely a blessing to have those guys on our campus, um, you know, and our players see that. They see that hey, I'm a freshman in high school. If I do this, 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 and this, maybe I'll have a chance to do that. It's been proven here at Douglas. It's been proven with our program. And I think that helps us not only win, but it helps our players get to where they need to get. So it's definitely a great feeling and a great thing. You bring up a great point about the profession of coaching and the professionalism within the coaching ranks. Uh, I noticed this with Mark Stoops in the Citrus Bowl. Josh Pascal was out. Khalil Saunders was a true freshman last year that had played in four games. Probably needed him at defensive end, but he would have not had his red shirt. There's a train of thought there that, okay, how many fifth-year one-school players are going to exist four years from now? It's going to be very rare probably, right? Yeah. But understanding Stoops like I do – you know, he didn't want to pass on, even in worst-case scenario here, Coach, if Saunders transfers three years from now. Within the profession, that's not, a, that's not the right thing to do is to, is to have a kid leave your program after wasting a year on one game, which is a, it's a ball game, right? It, so that's the professionalism within the coaching ranks. Without naming names and, and schools and all that, what are some of the conversations that happens when a Mark Stoops or a Nick Saban or like, you know, like Dabo, what are those conversations like? What, what are some of the questions they want to know? Let's do a hypothetical about your tight end, Nick Roush. Uh, yeah, okay. you know, I'm giving you credit here. Yeah. What, <laughs> what are some things that they want to know about Nick that the general public will never find out to do questions that are asking? 
Yeah, the, the obviously they don't ask a ton about the football piece because they can watch film. You know, they can see the kid on film and they wouldn't be there if they didn't think they were a great football player. Um, so that part's kind of done, um, you know, and that starts with me and the player getting the highlights out and things and, uh, you know, prospect of what all their times are and obviously going to camps and 247 rivals, all that stuff is obviously exploding now uh, with recruiting. Uh, but, you know, the biggest thing is, you know, they want to see that kid uh, in their natural environment. Um, you know, they want to they want to ask what type of person that they are. How do they act in school? Um, you know, some of the coaches will come in and ask if they can meet one of their math teachers or English teachers uh, and even, you know, have a chance to ask them how that person is. Um, the biggest questions that I get is about their weight room uh, work ethic, um, how they study academics, how serious do they take academics? Um, you know, and, and they want to know about that aspect of them and then maybe a little bit more about their family life, a little bit more about mom, dad or grandma or, you know, their siblings or how their home life is, uh, because these coaches, you know, they want the best players. But, you know, like I tell our guys all the time, you know, in recruiting right now, if you're not a, a very good person and you're not willing to work really, really hard, they don't want you. Uh, they don't have to take you. There's plenty of players they can go get. Uh, and the portal is has made that, you know, even bigger pool. Um, so, but it, it's, it's definitely a situation where they're going to focus on things other than football when they come on campus and visit and see them in their natural environment with things. So I think that's big. And we try to, you know, teach our kids that, hey, that's, this is a really, really important deal. And, you know, you're closing doors when you're not acting the right way and you're not taking care of the academics. You're just closing doors for the ability that you have. I once had a coach tell me that, that when he goes to visit, like to visit Nick Roush, the tight end at Douglas High School, the two people that he, the two groups of people or individuals he talks to is the, uh, uh, the cafeteria staff and the janitorial staff because they say they see these kids when nobody else is looking. And one trait, uh, and I don't think Nick Roush did this. He, he was not a very good uh, person in the classroom. Uh, one trait that this coach looked for, asked if this kid, if that kid took his tray, you know, hey, you dump your tray after you eat. Did he take his tray and dump it or did he leave it on the table? That's a question that they asked, Nick, and I think that's very specific and goes to what coach is talking about. Oh man, we would we would slide the trays down to the end of the table and make the freshmen go put them up. So I would have failed that question. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's fascinating, Coach, about you know Douglas is the stop for just about every coach in college football these days. Um, we'll get a little bit back into Douglas, but Nick, uh, Coach was uh, was a coach at the All American Bowl in San Antonio. Talk to us a little bit about that experience. Uh, it was awesome. Um, you know, it was a, a once in a lifetime. I mean, I hope I get a chance to do something like that again. But, you know, I, I embraced it every day. Um, it was great to be a part of. Obviously, Adidas runs it. So it's always good to get a lot of nice things. Uh, but um, <laughs> you know, they, they uh, you know, it helps. It. Obviously, we're in Adidas school at Douglas. So 
it translates. But anyway, um, I was curious on, you know, and I've obviously, as you guys know, got to coach really good players in the past, not only at Douglas, but, you know, at some of my other places I've been. And I wasn't quite sure how um, the players were going to be, you know, because a lot of these guys obviously have big egos. They've been recruited for many years and they're going to some of the top programs in the nation. Um, they were they were a, a joy to be around. Uh, they wanted to be there. They worked hard. Uh, there was no kids late for anything. Um, you know, obviously they're great football players, some of the best in the world. Um, and another thing that I was really, really impressed with is, you know, I think they've been doing that game down there for 17, 18 years, and they have pictures up in the hotel of all the alumni players. And it was something uh, like close to 70% of the guys that have played in that game are now either been drafted or on NFL rosters. And wow. The people that identify that talent at a high school is pretty remarkable uh, to go to college and everything work out for that mass amount of guys that are currently in the NFL or played in the NFL is pretty amazing. Um, uh, it was a great, great experience to be a part of, worked with a lot of great coaches from across the nation, made a lot of great friends, a lot of great relationships and um, you know, guys that I can count on and call in the profession from from now on. So it was awesome to be a part of, for sure. Real quickly on that game, is there um, – what position group is there the most dramatic jump between All-Americans and guys you just see on Friday nights at Kentucky, in, in the state of Kentucky? Uh, obviously, size is a major difference on the lines. Um, you know, as you guys know, in the SEC, I mean, that's where the difference is. I mean, I, in my opinion, I mean, I know the Big Ten's decent, but as far as the power conferences go, just the overall line play on, on O-line, D-line, and how athletic those guys are. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm not a small guy. You know, I'm almost 6'5", played group of five offensive line. These guys dwarfed me. I mean, they're they're sick. This kid, there was a kid going to Texas A&M. His name was the Undertaker. That was his nickname. He had long hair, and he he was like six eight, three sixty five. Could bend. He wasn't fat. I mean, this is a seventeen year old kid, and he was a great kid to work with. But I'm just like, wow, you know. Like, and I've been blessed to coach some really good offensive linemen in my career, but it was just different, man. Mm -hmm. uh, just the size, the speed. Obviously, the quarterbacks are special. You know, they're going right, to right. some of the best programs in the country. Uh, just the just all the quarterbacks and the pulse that they have, not too high, too low. That was impressive to watch, especially when you have five days to get ready for a game and you're putting in a playbook. I mean, you tell those kids something one time, they got it, man. And, you know, it's just because it's important to them and they're that good. Yeah, the, I get reminded, like, I think the biggest thing, Freddie, the difference now between linemen and no offense to your era generation, Nate, but like these dudes now, like it isn't just fat guys that are playing on yeah. the line. Like hell, yeah. Jagger, I mean, to your point, I mean, you could have lined him up wherever you wanted to. You know, he's such a good athlete. I mean, uh, it, it just amazes me um, to see these guys move. I know the NFL is the, the, the most extreme example, but like some of these guys in the edge and in the trenches, I mean, especially in defense, I, I, I pity some of these offensive tackles that got to get into pass blocking sets against dudes who can run a four, four that are six, five, 265 pounds. It's just, it's ridiculous. 
Yeah, and um, you know, it's it. I agree with you. I mean, the strength conditioning programs are obviously um, really good uh, for those types of players that take it serious uh, to get to that level. Um, you know, guys are doing a lot more at a very young age, um, and obviously, football's changed a lot. It's still about speed, and but you don't see you see big guys, but you don't see the girth of the guys that you used to. You know, back when I played, for example, and. And uh, but you see guys that may be way what we weighed back then, but it's way different on their bodies yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and how they do things. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think line play is is and I think a lot of people are starting to notice how important that is. I'm not saying it wasn't always. It always has been. But I think you're getting a lot more common fans that are understanding how important line play is. I mean, you look at the national championship game, that was a war in there, man. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, yeah. it, was, it was ugly. I mean, I enjoyed watching it, but it was a war. And those are some big men going at each other. So, uh, I think that's where it's won and lost, especially at the major levels now to win championships for sure. Coach, you've got, you got some guys at UK, and, and we'll start with Jagger since you just mentioned him. I saw him recently. Whew. He's three – Three five, three oh five, three ten, maybe. He looks like a power forward. Mm-hmm. That's that's the change that I see from you know. I'm, I go back way before you. I mean, I mean, I'm old, but you know, that's the change in alignment that I see is they're they're athletic now, and you still got you still got some dudes that are that are physical and just big. Derek Kennard is big, but he can move. Mm-hmm. You know, Derek Rosenthal on the other side, tall, leaner. You know. Then Kenneth Horsey, lean, can play guard tackle, Jagger. Talk to us a little bit about Jagger. Where do you see him going? How, what is his ceiling? And, and how do you see his career going at Kentucky? I think this past year, um, you know, we talked quite a bit. Uh, actually, he texted me yesterday. Um, we have a really good relationship. We put a lot of work in together, um, you know, where people weren't calling him, you know, 6 a.m., whatever we want to do. You know, we, we put a lot of work in, and um, I know that he's really, really attacking this offseason. Uh, he talked to me a lot about that yesterday. He's going to really, you know, he's really wanting to start in spot. He's going to attack it, do the best he can. He's excited for spring ball. Um, I think this past year he got in a little bit, but, you know, you got to think, you know, he's been a star for a couple of years, and then you go, you go into a program, you early enroll, and, you're not, you're kind of at the bottom of the totem pole. And we all go through that uh, as we move up in layers of ball or in life and jobs and things. And, you know, I think that was tough for him at times, Um, you know, and I think he's come out of that uh, great. I think he's learned a lot of great things. um, And I know that he's going to play a lot of football at UK and have a great career. Um, I think if he stays healthy, he can play in the pros. Uh, I really do. Um, you know, I've said the same thing about Walker. Uh, I think Dane, Dane will have an opportunity to play in the pros if he stays healthy. I really believe that. And I think DeKell has that ability as well. But as far as Jagger goes, he's a great human. Um, you know, you can obviously win uh, with kids like him because of the type of person that he is. And he has a great family and support system that a lot of kids don't have. And he would be the first to tell you he's been blessed to have that support system. Uh, but he's a great player. He's a great athlete, and uh, he's going to do a lot of great things there. 
I talked to Luke Fortner about him, and, and Luke just said he's a pre, he's a pro. Uh, you know, in his approach, how he prepares. The, you know, I know Jagger, the family. You know, full disclosure. The thing that I, I've appreciated most of them this year is he got on Fortner's hip and he paid attention. Mm-hmm. You know, different different position, but Luke Luke was an All SEC guard before he was an All Conference center. But I think just learning how to prepare for games from a guy like Luke Fortner will play benefits for Jagger down the road. Let's move on to, to Dane Key. Again, full disclosure, told the family. Uh, Dante's a friend of mine. Uh, Dane is, is a great kid, first of all, great family. Talk to us about Dane, the football player, and what separates him as a receiver. Uh, one of the most competitive kids I've had the opportunity to be around in 18 years. Um, you know, I, sometimes I would have to settle him down at practice because I'm like, hey, man, you know, we need you fresh for Friday. Um, you know, and just trying to hold him back a little bit because he is so competitive. He wants every rep. He wants to be out there. Uh, he loves the weight room. Uh, he loves uh, all everything about prepping for, for not only a game, but really the whole season. Um, obviously a multi-sport guy played a lot played baseball as well but you know obviously at receiver he's got great hands um you know when you watch him play you know and I, I you know the top echelon programs uh, that came in interested you know they were always questioning what's his top end speed and I said well uh, to me he plays a lot faster you got to watch him play he plays a lot faster than you think uh, because he's you know six three. And he's long, so his stride is big, you know. So he he's fast enough, and he's really really good player. Um, he's going to be able to separate, um, you know, and he's going to get better. I mean, he's going to put on some weight and size at UK, and uh, the, he's already begun that process. He's already over there, and I'm really excited about for for what he's going to bring to the table uh, offensively in the future for sure. I'm curious about a guy who kind of, I guess, has got slipped under the radar because of all the other dudes that are going to UK, but he's going to be playing for you next year. He's committed to UK, Ty Bryant. Just Mm -hmm. what do I need to know about Ty uh, before he he takes the field for you this fall? I mean, he's obviously a great uh, athlete. Um, He's one of our more explosive players we've had, and we've had some really good ones, uh, as you guys know. And um, I anticipate him playing a lot more both ways. Uh, we have a lot of running backs back um, from our team a year ago. We have five guys back in the backfield that are really good and dynamic. Um, very blessed to have all those guys back. So, and he'll be one of them. Obviously, he's a great safety. Um, you know, and I could easily see him being able to play a corner spot. Uh, and then if they need him, I think he could balk up and play up in the box because he's a great tackler. Um, you know, so he's one of the best open field tacklers that that I've been around. Um, so getting a great kid. Obviously, he's got a great support system as well with his his family and his dad and his mom and all of the family. So he's a great kid, great leader and uh, very blessed to have him back for one year as a senior and hopefully can lead us like everybody else has. Mikel Crowdis got injured in, in preseason, coach, and I think I think he was uh, he was on the trajectory to, to play as, as a true freshman before the injury. Uh, he's another player that that uh, I, I want to say been forgotten because he, he redshirted, but uh, he's somebody 
with a lot of speed, right? They that can flat burn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he he's a great athlete. Obviously, got great speed. Um, you know, he's a great athlete. He can jump. Um, he did some remarkable things on you know all of our plyometric testing at Douglas. I mean, it was off the charts. Uh, all the things that he can do combine wise, but. Uh, the thing that he really got better at, especially as a senior when he came back from IMG, is uh, his route running. Uh, his hands were better. He understood a little bit better, more about leverage and routes. And, you know, I think that there was a big learning curve for him this year, and obviously it didn't help where he had the injury. Uh, but I think he'll be back ready to go. Uh, he'll be ready to attack the spring and, and compete for PT uh, with some of the other receivers. But you know, athletically, you're not going to find a guy better than him, um, you know, and I know that he's going to come back from this injury. And he hadn't really been hurt a lot. You know, he wasn't really hurt a lot as a high school player. And, you know, he had a few nicks and bangs, ankles, things like that, like most kids. But this is really the first experience that he's had being out for a long period of time through an injury. And, and that's tough, especially for an incoming freshman. He, he's another, you know, we talked about Jagger earlier, DeKale is another player of yours that I saw in high school. Then I saw him recently, and his body change is noticeable as well. He's put on good weight uh, to, to, to remain that fast, right? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's what obviously you want when you go into that college program with the diet, nutrition, and you know, weight program. And, you know, at Douglas, we try to run it like a college, but there's only so much we can do with, you know, our diets and, and being able to afford those types of things. But once they get to college, obviously, that's an, an, an addition that they have. So it doesn't surprise me that they're continuing to change their body. They do a great job over there in the strength program. And obviously, they're going to have to work with the roster that Coach Stoops has, has created. You know, they got a lot of depth now and they're getting a lot of great players and uh, being able to compete at that top echelon in the SEC. Has the transfer portal led to different discussions with players nowadays as far as recruiting? Yeah, I mean, I think the portals really hurt high school recruiting. Uh, this is kind of the worst, I guess worse isn't really the word to maybe use, but uh, as far as guys that are middle-of-the-road talent guys that are probably more group of five and FCS guys, which we have several in the 23-24 classes, uh, the recruiting of those guys is a little slower uh, right now than it ever has been because of the portal. Uh, because, if, you know, if you're in an FCS school, you're going to see if you can go get uh, the backup from Arkansas. And, and I understand that. Those, these coaches are trying to get out of the contract and take care of their families. Uh, I understand that. But as a high school coach, I hate it uh, just because it, it hurts high school recruiting. But hopefully all this will settle in over the next year or two, hopefully get COVID out of the way with all these things and COVID years. And, I mean, there's some guys on their sixth and seventh year of NCAA football, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, kind of get through that process and hopefully, you know, get back to normal high school recruiting, um, you know, like it's been in the past. It's been nice to have college coaches back on campus the last few weeks. Um, you know, some coaches haven't been on campuses in a year and a half. So uh, that's been nice. And they can actually see the kids and watch us work out and things like that. So, but it's definitely been affected and it's definitely conversations that you got to have, especially for your guys that, probably aren't the high-end power five guys 
but are still going to get a scholarship somewhere. And they just got to be patient. You know, they got to keep working and, and something will happen. I mean, you know, our quarterback, he was going to walk on at Louisville and got two full rides in a 24-hour period and ended up going yeah. to Western, Western Carolina. Um, so it happens. Uh, recruiting's crazy right now for sure. Yeah, I, I do think, though, that uh, that you are correct, Like especially some of these uh, – like, you know, I saw some losers in the ACC whining about the playoff and you know, the transfer portal. It's like if you if you let the process play out, a lot of guys are entering the portal now because it's their first chance. Well, th- that one time is only one time. And it, mm-hmm. it, it, I think you're going to see things start to kind of regulate some over the next few years. And then, like you said, too, the COVID year, I mean, Luke Fortner is going to be a 30-year-old rookie in the NFL by the time these <laughs> are over with. But I, yeah. I, I, I do think that – the, it's one of the many curveballs that these kids you've had to coach have faced. Um, but uh, ultimately, I, I, I at least hope, I'm hopeful that it's not going to be a long-term problem because eventually, you know, Freddie, uh, you, you can plug some holes in the portal, but you still got to recruit and develop. Yeah, your lifeline is, is high school recruiting, and I will always uh, – that will always be my take on it because um, you know, that, I agree a lot with what Coach McPeak was saying. Uh, but but your high school recruiting is, is your lifeline. And uh, I think it will even out. I hope so, uh, because I'm all for uh, giving uh, kids a chance and paying for educations and changing lives. And, you know, uh, you, 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 you develop a player at high school level, you get him to college, he earns a degree, comes back to your community or another community. I mean, that's just paying it forward. And I think I hope that positivity continues. Well, Coach, man, listen, I, you've been wonderful. You've been terrific. I, I so much appreciate you joining us. You've enlightened me on a bunch of things. So thanks a bunch, man. Good luck this year, and, and don't be a stranger. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm excited uh, about our 22 team. Um, you know, obviously, we've lost a lot of great players over the years, but, um, you know, our standard is our, what our standard is. And uh, I think our kids are ready to attack that. Um, excited to get going. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys that are currently playing on our basketball team and will play baseball, which is awesome. Uh, but, you know, we'll start the work for the 22. And I appreciate you guys having us. And you guys are always welcome over at our place. And anything that you guys need or I can do for you, let us know. And, Again, go Broncos.